This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? Uh, Brian Schaefer and was out in the Seattle area for 20 years. Now I'm back in uh, Bozeman, Montana. Right on. Well, uh, disclaimer, you've been on here before, but uh, in in light that somebody didn't listen to that, I think it was like a couple years ago now, um, can you kind of talk about, I don't know, some of the stuff you've done? I, I know before you were on, we talked about uh, Best of the Northwest. What, what was that? Yeah. Or is um, that, I should say Best is that, Best of the Northwest right? was a, uh, I guess like a, a, a decade-long kind of side project that I had. Um the main focus was creating uh, videos for for trail guides. So um, we basically go out and film kind of highlights of different parts of, of trails and then uh, animate a map at the beginning. We end up having the voiceover from Evening Magazine um, do kind of a narration and put together a 90-second video to give you an idea what – the experience is really like at a certain time of the season. Um, and the, the real reason we decided to do it is because we had uh, young twins that were born in 2005 and kind of <laughs> stopped my, uh, you know, my climbing trips and rock climbing yeah. and uh, that kind of thing kind of got put in the back seat because it's impossible, you know, newborn tw- twin babies, but we could put them in backpacks and take them out on the trails. And we started realizing that there's way more than, just you know the super ultra popular trails around there that uh can help spread out some of the the crowds so we end up doing all the hikes in um the guidebook beyond mount Sai by john zilly after a couple seasons um and i realized that there are a lot more of these great hikes that weren't quite getting the attention they deserved so i started started to building videos as a way for people that kind of identify easier and decide is it worth packing the kids up in the car to, you know, spend the time on the drive out there to, to go at this time of year, that sort of thing. So yeah, it was a great experience. I learned a lot about, um, well, m- more than anything, just kind of organizing that amount of content. You know, we, we ended up with 227 videos and, over the, the period. And, and then we do highlights on, you know, top hikes with kids, uh, you know, top Nordic ski trails, kind of categories best ofs from all the different trail videos that we had done um so yeah it was a, it was a really kind of neat experience uh a lot, lot of learning along the way yeah <laughs> especially yeah. on how people interact with content and social media it's kind of surprising in a lot of ways but anyway yeah talk about that a little bit yeah so so my initial intent was we were out you know hiking around um with with the little ones we didn't see a lot of peers out there with their families on the, on the trails, especially some of these that are a little bit farther off the beaten path. And, you know, it's kind of lonely. There wasn't a whole lot of community around it. Um, and so we tried did kind of started doing these just to encourage our friends to get out there and, <laughs> and join us, you know? Yeah. Um, and it ended up being like a lot of deeper 
content, it's end up being more like a kind of like a virtual guidebook where we'd have GPS tracks of the, of the entire hike that were affiliated with the video. So you could really see, wow, this is exactly how I get to this, this place, what the elevation gain is, what the distance is, kind of what it looks like in multiple aspects of the hike. Um, so it was really like a library of deep content. You know, it's kind of like a virtual book of, you know, great hikes and um, that sort of thing. Um, and we worked a lot with collaborate a lot with different, like about five different guidebook authors um, in the area, uh, which was really probably one of the most valuable parts of it. Just the most interesting meeting those folks and learning from them. Um, but the social media part was a little bit disappointing in that um, it did help spread awareness, but I don't think people would go there like to the Facebook group or whatever to really um, learn a lot. It's, it ended up being more of a, um, you know, kind of a showcase who is, who's done what, um, you know, photos of, of, of certain things is, is more like bragging rights rather than a resource for learning. So I guess at one point I realized that um, uh, it was a little bit, uh, not what I expected, <laughs> you know, where I thought people would use this as a kind of ongoing resource source, but as the media changed and evolved, it ended up becoming um, like once in a while we'd get a comment on, you know, I can't believe you're sharing my secret trail, mm. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Some trolling, not, not often, but enough for me to realize, well, if we were, if we started getting tens of thousands of views and some of them did, then we would be at risk of, basically overpopulating these trails that we're trying to trying to you know people have to use these spaces if they don't use them no one uses them then it's much more likely to get logged or you know kind of aren't recreational assets anymore so they need enough traffic to where they get some funding and dollars to keep sustaining them but in some cases it felt like wow pretty soon if we're too successful with this we're going to get some of these spots way overcrowded <laughs> and I didn't want to be responsible, you know, to having a part in that either. So I ended up starting removing a lot of them um, or just have them up for a week or so then, then kind of take them down. Cause I felt like at, at one point we got to the threshold where it wasn't really so much of an issue. People knew where to access the information um, with the, you know, Washington trails website and other Facebook groups and a lot of the great guidebooks out there. Um, people could find, find the information and were motivated by seeing other friends and, you know, so on, so on and so forth out there on these trails. So it felt like that part of that chapter of what we had done 10 years ago, didn't need to, it kind of had run its course. So, so do those videos live anywhere on the internet now? Um, I, I've still have some of them on YouTube. Um, I've been pulling, uh, I've got kind of a private Vimeo area and I thought about, you know, what to do with long-term with it long-term because um, I realized like, well, a lot of this content probably doesn't exist anywhere else in mm. that depth, you know, with our reviews on a hundred classic hikes and a lot of these, um, you know, interviews with guidebook authors, that sort of thing. It's kind of a unique thing. Um, I ran into some issues with permitting, honestly. <laughs> so uh, okay. on one of the last videos we did really probably the most beautiful one I've done um, it was interpreted by the Forest Service in the wilderness area that we're in that we were using it for commercial purposes. Mm. 
And so it's this kind of a gray area from freedom of speech to, um, you know, per- permitting for land use and not allowing commercial uh, commercial entities to operate in wilderness areas uh, without, you know, the right kind of permit, that sort of thing. So it was this really odd thing where I, I kind of got pinched out because it, I wasn't really a guidebook. It was for a guidebook nonprofit. I was doing it for no fee, but they, after the fact, they said that the way that I presented it, it looked like it was for commercial purposes or was in, interpreted that way. So kind of went back and forth explaining what the whole project was about. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, I decided that it was just too risky for me from a liability standpoint to um, continue to, to build videos that way um, in special, certain locations in wilderness areas, places where the permitting rules are all over the place. And if I have hundreds of videos with this footage, it was just too much of a risk for me um, doing this as a hobby, you know? <laughs> so right. really unfortunate. And I, I guess I realized that's why no one else has done it. Because if you were to go through the thorough process of permitting and vetting everything, planning ahead, the amount of time and budget involved in something like that would be so astronomical that I'm not sure would, you know, want, want to pay for it really. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So it was really a learning experience, <laughs> pretty disappointing. But on the other hand, what it did was, was open. I kind of had to close that chapter and say, well, you know, I think there is a place for doing more. I, what I wanted to do was have uh, different ex subject matter experts, like different guidebook op- authors actually demonstrating different techniques and tips, trail tips, that sort of thing that would be really helpful to people, kind of a mentorship, virtual mentorship piece. And I just never got a business structure around that that would actually work or found a way to get it sponsored. Um, or I just kind of do it on, cause I love doing it. It's kind of, you know, my, <laughs> my hobby really. Sure. Um, but what I ended up coming out of it is that I realized that, well, if I'm drawing pictures of these places, <laughs> right. Uh, from these locations that are from my photography, then uh, from a copyright and logistics standpoint, uh, I basically own the rights to that and uh, can animate stuff out of it, can build this other content that can be a lot more educational, that can be fun and a learning piece. So the last six or eight months, I've been um, doing a lot more illustration work uh, based on my photos I've been taking from for, for Instagram um, on different hiking locations, uh, some in Washington and a lot of in Montana as well. Um, and then the idea with that is to possibly, uh, see, see what kind of interest is out there and build coloring books, you know, uh, top or uh, 10 essentials. I've already got an illustrated section on that that I'm going to be making videos out of, but I would like to incorporate subject matter experts into these as well with little tips and have this combination of, you know, kind of live action recording with them, sharing their uh, tips and experiences. A lot of things I learned from them on the trails, which is pretty, pretty invaluable, but sharing it through this kind of fun, you know, um, Mr. Rogers neighborhood or um, (laughs) animated, you know, um, animated scenarios that are kind of, kind of fun and interesting. So to give, give a little bit more appeal to, Kids and adults, I think they're just kind of more approachable when people see a, an illustration kind of of a 
location they recognize it's like wow i've been there or that's some place i'd really like to check out and lets their imagination kind of run a little bit with it so that's a, a focus that I'm kind of looking at uh going forward is phase two of best of the northwest or whatever it ends up being so what are you what what is this then called um you know announced to the the listeners what we're talking about exactly well the, the hashtag i put on it is uh drawn to animate um because they do a lot of illustration work with the intended eventually to make like a little animated series out of it. Um, that takes a lot of work. So um, in the meantime, developing the illustration style and the um, little, little, little examples. There's actually on, a, on my Instagram, there's some kind of fun little videos demonstrating the process I go through from being out in the field, photographing or collecting video and then drawing from that. And then, you know, pencil to pen to scan to digital to color to compositing and animating. So I have a couple of little clips to demonstrate that process, which I think people think are kind of fun because they didn't realize kind of what's involved in it and that I did it <laughs> either. Right. So well, uh, I, kind of a, a unique little thing. Yeah. When you when you when you have those videos on there and I've seen exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I've, I've got your Instagram pulled up right now uh, just to let people know that's Brian Schaefer. Uh, is is just your name with a Y there, Brian? And uh, anyway, yeah. And and so when you're watching those, um, I'm kind of curious. So how long does that take? I mean, there's got to be some 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 time involved, right? Yeah. And the thing is, you think about like I I used to teach um, animation and After Effects at the Art Institute in Seattle, and I would always kind of start off with them looking at traditional animation of the like Disney's in the 30s, you know, the golden age of animation. Sure. And what you really have to do is look at the entire the entire process and get it down where you can consistently duplicate a style of illustration and then a style of process. So that's part of the reason I'm, you know, I'm on my 21st animation of the, or 21st illustration of the series right now, just to wire that in. So it's really consistent. Um, and uh, to do one of them, you know, I'll be out hiking or skiing or climbing or, mountain biking for you know half a day or so generally and then i'll get back have a handful of source photos that i use for inspiration um getting different perspectives and you know and colors that sort of thing um like to shoot camera raw so i can really push the mid-tones and levels and you know recreate uh the color a lot in a lot more uh brilliant ways so I, I pull from that real life experience and real life location, what it felt like to be there. Was it cold? Was it windy? Was it hot? Was I excited or scared? And then bring all of that into the drawing, which I have you know, uh, just a, a notebook, a moleskin or, or a larger, you know, sketching book that I'll use a really rough pencil with gestural drawing, a lighter, softer pencil. And then I'll end up refining those lines. They kind of become more refined as I get the whole composition together and turn that into heavier pens and heavier pens. And then it gets thicker, thicker lines, which ends up looking more like a, like a woodblock cut kind of, I guess. Some people said it looks kind of like wood cut or stained glass where you have those really pronounced thick lines. Um, so to get to that point on now on the new illustrations I'm doing it takes about four hours. Hmm. So kind of sped it up quite a bit. Um, and again, like a, a nice kind of gestural, somewhat cartoonish kind of feel, but 
I think pretty gestural kind of whimsical, fun, fun look to it. And then I scan it, digitize it as vector artwork, bring it in. And then I do the coloring and painting. I just discovered Photoshop brushes, custom brushes, and <laughs> um, to be able to pull colors from the actual environment from the photos, you know, like the, the, the same tones of the grasses or the, mm. the, the mountains as they go in the background, get a little bit blue or that sort of thing, pull those actual colors from the photos and then paint with those as a layer underneath. And that takes me a couple hours and then I'll composite it, which means separating out. Once I'm finished with that composition, I like the way that it looks. I'll cut out different layers into what you'd consider like a diorama. You know, like if you, I don't know if you made those as a kid, yeah. <laughs> where you, you have like layers of cardboard, some are farther in the back, some are closer, like the mountains would be in the back. And then, you know, the, the trees would be in the middle and the person would probably be in the front. And that I can set up into After Effects to animate, um, to give that sense of depth. And that's a technique that was actually invented in the 1930s by Disney, uh, multiplane camera. But essentially you can recreate that with modern tools in this process, it just takes me a couple hours and then I'll animate a clip to that. So the whole thing might take me a couple days to make a three second clip. <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, uh, one of, um, on, on your Instagram here and I was kind of, uh, picked out this, this one where uh, a hiker is confronted by a bear and both of them are standing, looking at each other. And of course, you know what I'm talking about because you've stared at this thing for hours um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so within that Instagram post, you've got so it starts going backwards. It starts with the sketch. It shows it very clearly there, and then it shows like what would be then on a computer with the darker lines like you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm kind of a novice, obviously, to this type of art. Um, how come you do that as a sketch with your hands first? Can can the uh, is that because this was a recreated scene? Or um, because how could you not just turn it into these darker lines through a, an app on the internet type thing? Well, the and I think that's the, the neat part about it is it takes it takes the interpretation from what the the memory was more so than a photograph because you like a lot of people can run like a photo through a filter and kind of simulate a, a drawing, mm -hmm. but I think the real value on uh, having artistic interpretation of a scene is that, for example, um, that uh, illustration you're talking about with those me and Glacier this summer almost <laughs> literally running into a grizzly bear, which is it's his memorable moment, right? And so I'd always like to photograph, you know, certain parts of a trail so I'd remember them better. You know, if I think documenting and writing stories about it or doing these videos, it, it kind of preserves that memory. And that's one thing I, I just innately love about creating media from, from outdoors experiences. But being able to actually draw from that experience solidifies that even more. And the example, like that, that perspective was one that I thought was pretty compelling because it's kind of like you're a little bit pulled back, almost more from the bear's perspective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, who's this person coming yeah, up the trail, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's an angle that I didn't get, obviously, on, in a photo <laughs> because <laughs> I don't have a film crew there like, oh, there's going to be a bear that's popping up right here. So... I had to kind of reference a bunch of the photos I'd taken on that trip and just from my memory and the position where we were, and I did take some photos on the ground where the holes the bear were digging were. So I had some reference for that. And then I could actually go back in my mind and piece the scene back together um, and add this perspective. So you actually see 
where it's at in, in context of Gunsight Pass and in Glacier and that sort of thing. So it's, to me, it kind of, uh, illustration has that power of taking a real life experience. All these are real life experiences and kind of solidifying that memory down into something that you, that I can uniquely mem- remember and then share it with other people. Gotcha. So yeah, that's, that, that's, that makes a lot more sense. And so, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick another one just to kind of kind of get your perspective then from that same point of view. Um, somebody who I know met and and interviewed on the podcast before is Stuk Soul, and um, he's, oh yeah, he's kind of known in the Washington hiking hiking. Uh, you know, he, he's just he, he gets out there. He's kind of an animal, and uh, he's a fun guy. But uh, you know, you did a video with him, which I'm just kind of curious. Then, so did you use the exact same uh, theory behind that because? I don't know. It, it appears that it was more of a picture, but man, it's such good art. So I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to grasp exactly what you do. Yeah. That, so that one was a, he had a portrait kind of a, I guess it's a, a selfie of him, you know, running up some peak and, you know, close up with his grizzled beard and this crazy, you know, look. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought, Oh, this is a great photo. Like, and I asked him, you know, can I, can I do a, an illustration of this? And he's like, sure. If you think, you know, you think it's worthy, worthy. And I'm like, yeah. So, so I took it and then drew from looking at it, exaggerating, you know, the eyes and the beard and that sort of thing. It's more of a vector drawing, drew it in the computer um, by hand with a, you know, with a stylus pen. Mm. Um, and then I composited from the foreground, the background for animation. And one thing I thought was kind of fun is that the background actually have like a dotted line, like a white line, like you would see like on a, on a trail or something, <laughs> you know? And I made that look like a literal line that he had just hiked. You could imagine he had just run that from that direction. Um, Kind of softened and blurred out the background a little bit to put the focus on him. And then the one trick I tried out on this one is I actually have an app or a plugin on After Effects that lets me map a face to a three-dimensional face. So when he actually is rotating and you're getting that kind of called a parallax effect, getting that sense of depth you see his actual face rotating in the illustration it's because it's actually mapped onto a 3d a real actual 3d face um so it gives this kind of weird creepy <laughs> uncanny alley sense of this perspective of this character that you can't quite tell if it's 2d or 3d or a photo or what you know and i think that's kind of a, a fun little technique i was trying out um but i think it kind of helps pull that whole scene together and create something that from that initial photo inspired by that photo that creates a kind of piece of art that's it's you know like a little uh what animated picture you'd see in like a harry potter movie or something right like a little scene <laughs> a little moment yeah no that's good um so what exactly then uh i guess i guess i didn't grasp exactly what you're doing with these with this art you said you're, you're trying to maybe is, is this like a 10 essentials type of uh um you know, leave no trace type of thing you're, you're going with. What's your theme then? Yeah. So it's, it's the core of why I did best of the Northwest is because I wanted to basically, especially families, you know, of all ages, give them permission to go out and explore these natural places that are public lands, you know? So the traditional way people go about it is either like they're kind of mentored like I was growing up with, you know, for a stranger dad that just took me out and taught me how to read maps and did all this traditional stuff. And, but a lot of, uh, I think a lot of folks are learning about the outdoors now from 
seeing, you know, posts on Facebook or Instagram or something. And you can kind of see where things are, but you might not necessarily be getting that, that kind of uh, mentorship or someone that's experienced that can, they can, they can teach and instruct and really deepen the experience about, you know, the flora and the fauna, the plants, the wildlife, um, how to be uh, conscious of other people and be a good steward and use, you know, use of these lands so that they continue on for our, for future generations. So I think the, the premise of creating these um, illustrations and ideally they'll become more interactive, like uh, an activity book, you know, coloring pages. That's what I started doing initially is these black and white drawings. I take in my daughter's preschool, you know, and let all the kids color them, but they're, well, this is actually an eagle eating a deer carcass outside, you know, <laughs> a mile away from where your school is, you know, so they're real <laughs> life things, you know? So I think showing like these are actual people in actual places and actual things that you can do, that you can take your family outdoors. You can experience that stuff. And I think what I didn't do so much in the initial video series was any of the behind the scenes stuff. Mm. Like, well, how do you learn about 10 essentials or how do you get, your family packed, <laughs> what are techniques to bribe your kid to get on the trail or how do you store your equipment? You know, all that kind of stuff. So those are kind of areas that I'm going to start um, making little kind of tips and tricks scenes and, and hopefully get some of the folks we met, um, guidebook authors, uh, people like that to participate in it, to share some of these things. Cause I've learned a lot of really amazing things hiking with these folks, you know, picked up along the way. Yeah, that's great. And uh, you know, obviously you you hike with you've hiked with kids because your kids are, you said uh, twins born in two thousand five. So you you've gone through that whole gamut, right? Yeah, teen now, and uh, then I've got a four year old, so <laughs> I got a, got a little one still. So still keeping my chops up on you know how do I how do I get her out on the trails all the time? So it's yeah, keeping it, keeping that fresh. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, um, now. You have uh, another job outside of this. This is kind of more starting as a hobby. Is that right? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a interactive, futuristic guidebook content creator, but I just haven't figured out how to do that from a business standpoint yet. So it's just kind of my experimentation at this point. Um, but I run a studio, a creative studio. This is my 20th anniversary in the creative field. And um, our focus now is we do a lot of corporate corporate video and campaigns for new technologies from special initiatives and product launches. So, um, yeah, we've had the fortune of working with some really amazing folks and groups and traveling all over the place, putting on live, live events, doing media for widescreen and broadcast and now, uh, you know, new media for intranet and, um, online as well. So that's kind of a, keep my technical chops up in that, but yeah. I, I like to get out there and experiment with more of the, you know, my own passion outdoors and taking more of these traditional illustration animation techniques and kind of combining that with the animation work that I've, that I do professionally. So. Wow. That's great. Now I, I would assume just as <laughs> my first thought, of course, and uh, I would assume there's other people out there too, uh, that would possibly have the same, uh, you know, your mind just kind of goes to that spot and, uh, thinking of, you know, some of the amazing shots of my kids that I've taken have you ever thought about doing this as 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 a you know side job? Maybe maybe somebody pays you some money to make a piece of art for them. Yeah, definitely. It's something I look at is uh, commission stuff based on the time 
Um, this year, I, I thought I was going to do a big uh, corporate event show in the springtime, so I was kind of ramped up for that, and that ended up um, not happening. So <laughs> I had a window of time where I just dug in and started, you know, creating a lot of this this style that I've been developing now. So when I have windows of time or opportunity, it, gen- it generally is like, you know, like Thanksgiving break. Right, right now, I've done two more illustrations or over the summer holiday when I'm at the cabin or you know, in the winter when I've got just some time to reflect. Um, so it's kind of, you know, I'll go through spurts of like really prolific creation and then I'll get moved on to something else. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, definitely, I think, um, I, I'm definitely more of a creator than a marketing person. <laughs> so I haven't really developed a way of communicating that this is something that I'm definitely looking to do custom work or, uh, or sponsorship if people are interested in this idea. Um, and we have done some pieces like we just did finish, well, actually about a year ago, we did an animated piece for the American Alpine club. That's been kind of opening the, one of the sections for the pre-roll in the real rock movie festival that's touring around now. So the, and it kind of stands out cause it's an animated, uh, you know, little teaser of kind of like, it looks like a music video section of rock climbers, basically <laughs> the action, action sequence. <laughs> um, so, you know, com- compared to like, there's so much really well produced cinematic outdoor film being done. Um, but I'm not seeing as much of this specific style of, of animation from re- drawn from real life experiences. And that's kind of the area that I'm really focusing in on. So yeah, if I could get those two worlds to combine at some point, that would be amazing. But in the meantime, I enjoy doing it so much that I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah, you definitely have a background in it for sure. And, um, <laughs> So what, uh, so you said, you know, you have a, a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, what's, what are kind of some of the, do you, do you get these from just, oh, I went on, on an adventure and I, I see these pictures. I can maybe create something with that. Or do you go out and do you try to create something or, or have an idea before you go out of what you might, might be looking for? Um, I'm starting with some of the newer ones. I'm starting to get more of an idea of a scene that I want to create, like, my wife and I just skied a uh, fawn pass uh, trail in Yellowstone. And I thought that's one I definitely wanted to get some photo references of because you get this amazing open Western scenery with, with brushes and open peaks, that sort of thing. And, you know, bison and animals, that sort of, all that together. Um, so I thought that's something I definitely want to go out there and get some reference because I want to create this area is so unique. I want to create a little piece of, of it. So that'll be my, my Christmas card this year going out. So I'll have to get your address, send you one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Okay, so is that the uh, is that the photo that you have on your Instagram there then, uh, a recent post? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of my, my peanut gallery putting stuff out there to kind of see what – get some feedback, you know, on, on what I'm working on. Yeah, because um, as, as you were describing but, that one, I could totally tell what you're talking about because, uh, you know, I've got a skier – uh, field with some some bison and that kind of thing with the mountains in the back so yeah it's kind of cool to be able to just kind of hear you talk about it and then see it right there on your instagram yeah and i'm trying to incorporate more of the process too where that actual piece of artwork i created from three different photos so that scene is a is a kind of a memory of the whole experience together in one image but it's not one scene you would see specifically from one viewpoint so it's actually three different viewpoints altogether. No, uh, that, that that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's neat. I think that's one thing about doing, you know, il- illustrated artwork like that is that you can really 
create things that you couldn't capture or do any other way. They really consolidate an experience down. So like an example I'll give is um, doing a hike with my daughter. Um, she's probably about three at the time. And she's crossing this bridge on Pine Creek. And in the photo, um, you know, it's this kind of thing. She's holding her little bunny and she's kind of really <laughs> nervous about this bridge. So you kind of get this feeling of what that's like, putting her hand out on the rail, you know. Um, in the photo, you can't actually see the waterfall that's just past the photo. You know, if it's like a panorama, you might be able to see it. But, you know, I'm thinking about this like in a cinematic way. If I can pull that waterfall closer and then make the waves bigger, it's probably more what she actually felt like, but it's something you wouldn't see in a photo. <laughs> so I think, yeah. So I think being able to kind of really create more of a sense of what that experience was like, um, it's something it can only be done in illustration and being able to an build on that and animate little scenes in a couple of seconds, even pulls that out even more richer. No, that's good. Yeah. I don't know why that just made me think of, uh, <laughs> probably my most comical point, uh, ever hiking, I know I've told it probably a long time ago on the podcast, but uh, bear with me here for just a quick second. So, um, you know, we were, I was probably, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12, and we were on a, a kind of a 40-mile loop trip, and, uh, and and one of the bridges was washed out. So we found a log to cross um, this pretty good-sized river, and my sister and dad went across first, and, and then I was the last one. And, and I'll never forget being halfway out there, just nervous as all could be. You know, it was a, it was a smaller log. And we're crawling across it. And and he says, hold on, wait, I got to get my camera. And so he's got me out there. <laughs> I just want to get across this thing. But, you know, us, us parents, we always want to get that perfect shot, you know. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, and they're hard sometimes, you know. And, uh, well, you don't want to really force the moment either, right? You just kind of – that's why I think being able to draw some of those memories, um, you know. I kind of think of like the style of like a Norman Rock, Rockwell painting where you get this, this sense of, of these, you know, people interacting together, something funny happens or something clever happens and you just see it right there. You get it right. It's really obvious. Sure. So I think that's something to be able to capture those moments um, through the illustration, real experiences. It's, it's really captivating to me. Oh, that's good, man. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk about websites. Uh, what is the website people are going to go to, to kind of find out more about this? Uh, I can send you the link, but the uh, center.com slash drawn to animate has got all the fun little illustration videos. There's a whole series you can watch if you want to see kind of how these are, how these are made. Um, and then my Instagram, but I would love feedback from folks too, uh, because this is something I think you know, creating this kind of content uh, for outdoors experiences, whether it's for, you know, for just people's own personal experiences or for, you know, any kind of outdoor gear equipment company that wants to create uh, some media in kind of a more fresh, original, unique way. It's something we definitely be interested in hearing what people's thoughts are about that. So yeah. Center, center.com slash drawn to animate or Brian Schaefer. I got a hard to spell name. So I'm glad to send you the link on Instagram, but yeah. I'd love, love to have a conversation with folks. Uh, it was great having one with you and hope you guys are enjoying the trails. Still got to get out back out there and do some uh, coastal hikes with you sometime soon. Oh, I'd love it, man. Well, Hey, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the Cascade Hiker podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker podcast. 
Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at N underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See her laying down in the tall grass. Playing mandolin in a white dress. I come running when I hear that song. It could never be wrong. It could never be wrong. Where you want to run, baby, I'll run too. I would leave this world for a